Ladies and gentlemen, this is Das Hobby, Germany's number one trading card show. And here are your hosts with the perfect podcast faces, Marcus and Dennis. Ladies and gentlemen, another English-speaking episode over here from the Das Hobby podcast. Marcus, how you are doing today? Is it is it wonderful over there? It's, it's wonderful here in Frankfurt. And again, I, I think I learned my English. My, my English is getting better and better when we have this podcast uh, now because I think it's the third or fourth episode in English. And also today, I'm very happy and looking forward about our guest. Uh, we yes. Have. So this this guest actually um, has to be a very smart person because he can actually write. <laughs> so uh, so we we're talking to. A guy from Minneapolis today, Nick Peterson. Welcome, Nick. Yeah, thank you for having me. I'm super excited to be here today and just kind of talk a little bit about sports cards and myself and everything. So excited to get into it. That's wonderful. So thank you for for taking the time. Um, a little early, not not early in the morning, but morning over there. Uh, yeah, we're about it's about eleven o'clock right now, so still still early morning, but I'm ready for it. So you're you're in Minneapolis, born and raised in Minneapolis, or? Yeah, so I I uh, lived in uh, Minnesota my entire life. Uh, lived in a suburb of the Twin Cities growing up, and then moved to Minneapolis about a year ago. So I've been in the city for almost a year now. Okay, cool. And you you are a collector yourself. Um, I saw Carl Anthony Towns is your your PC. Is that correct? Yeah, so I've been collecting pretty much my entire life since I was probably like five or six, I would say. And uh, the main focus of my collection now is Carl Anthony Towns. Uh, but yeah, we'll definitely get into just my early journey and everything about me and sports cards. Can you give uh, take us in your journey to because it's mostly our first questions when we have our guest. When you said it, when you started, you you being five, uh, how has it started and how has it developed your collecting hobby life? Yeah, so I started in around 2005 or 2006. I was about six or seven at the time, I would say. And uh, for Christmas, my dad actually got me the uh, Tops complete set from 2006 Tops baseball, like all the baseball cards for that year. So that was kind of like what started my collection from there. And just kind of going on from there, like every year for Christmas, my dad and my mom would give me the entire box set of all the baseball cards for each year. So that was like my early years of collecting and like I just really remember like the binders of those days and like putting all the teams together, organizing them by uh, like by team, by player, like putting all the all-stars together and just constantly reorganizing them. I'm sure I dinged a couple corners uh, <laughs> in my time doing that, but that's kind of what the earlier stuff collecting are about, just getting your feet wet and just having fun with it. So nice. Thank you to your parents then. And, and it's, yeah, wonderful. they definitely got me started. It was, I would say more my dad than, uh, than anything. He collected when he was a kid and, just he's had he still to his day has like all of his cards from when he was a kid so it's fun when i go over there sometimes just to still dig back through those and just kind of like pull some random stuff out i remember a couple uh years ago like around the pandemic when, uh, when cards started to just pop off again i was digging through and i found like some once i found like a, a reggie jackson rookie from 69 tops and just like a couple other like of those like late 60s early 70s cards that are worth worth a decent amount that's uh, interesting because so uh, um um The most people, uh, not the most, but a lot of people start with baseball, of course, in into the hobby, right? And I don't know if there's a special team around Minneapolis. I don't know. Is there a special team? Yeah, so we have the the Minnesota Twins here. So 
uh, my dad's like a super collector and just fan of the twins. So that, that was kind of just like ingrained in me from the start that like I was going to collect the twins. So definitely had my fair share of twins memorabilia and cards throughout the years. But um, yeah, that, that is definitely interesting that you bring up. Um, just everybody starts with baseball. So it definitely feels like you either start with baseball or like, I, I guess from like my generation, I'm 23 and I feel like a lot, everybody I know started with baseball. And definitely, I think now it's probably going to tr- transfer a little more into like football and basketball with the just like worldwide following of that and just how that was kind of emerging. But definitely think baseball was kind of how everybody started around my time. Hmm. But what is special for you about collecting? Like you have the childhood memories, you, you're still collecting. So what what's what is what is special about this? Yeah. So for me, I really think it's just the connection to the players, like whether whether it's a base card, a jersey card, an autograph card, just whatever type of card it is, it's just there's some type of connection to it. Like I can be watching a game and I can be holding a card of LeBron James while he's scoring 30 points and passing Kareem for the all time uh, scoring list. And it's just there's something super special about like having that connection to like hold something that's like physical while you're watching that player. And that's just always been like the biggest appeal to me is like, yeah, I could bet on this and like I could play fantasy, which I still do. But like For me, it's way more fun just to like own these cards and know like at the end of the day, even if I lose all my money, I still have that asset of the card. And it's, like, it's still something that I just love. Mm. That's wonderful. I like that. I like that perspective. What we also have sometimes the, the um, not discussion, but sometimes is it, uh, are you, would you say you are a collector and investor or also only a collector or how would you describe your Yeah, so if you would have asked me this two years ago, I would have said strictly a collector. But um, over the last two plus years now, I've really taken my hand in the collecting and investing side, kind of like hand in hand, just doing a little bit of both. Mm-hmm. Um, one thing that I really enjoy is just like some quick flips where like going to card shows, digging through value boxes and finding like one to $20 cards that I can go sell on my Instagram or on eBay or whatnot and stuff like that, where I can sell them for like, 2x 3x 4x what i paid for them and just make some quick flips there and uh that's actually where i've made or like that's where i've acquired most of my collections just by doing quick flips and saving that money up just keep reinvesting it back in and eventually like uh one that i did earlier this year was actually was just flipping like i started with like 20 to 30 bucks flipped a bunch of cards up and i eventually got to a 1986 fleer michael jordan just to keep for my collection so that's kind of the main focus that i've been taking with like The picking up smaller cards and selling them for just a little bit more than I paid and just let that just continually build that up. Cool. Very nice. That's that's a journey and that's a challenge too. Yeah, it's definitely a grind, but it's it's something that I've really just embraced and it's very fun for me actually. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's grind because also you have to go to the show, you have to uh, do it on, on eBay and this kind of stuff. There's a lot of time also to, to do this. Uh, and I think you, if I see you right in your Instagram, you also... In Germany, it's not uh, possible, but what not, what's not or what not is also a live live selling platform. I think you actually yes, yeah, so that's a live selling platform where you can run auctions anywhere from 15 seconds to a minute long, and it just helps you get through a lot of inventory. So that's been very popular in, over here in the United States for the past probably year or so. That's it's really kind of just come to the forefront of the selling aspect of sports cards. So and and you you just described yourself as a collector and and now also an investor, and um, and now you you took this and you wrote a book which is called Sports Card Fanatic, um, a beginner's guide to collecting for fun and profit, which is pretty much what you what you do, right? So, yeah, that's so, exactly. 
so so how how come how did that come like what what why are you writing a book about this now yeah so i've always just kind of wanted to like take something that i'm very passionate and knowledgeable about and for me that's always been sports cards um just as long as i can remember so um i actually my position at the company that I was at got, got eliminated. So I just kind of had a bunch of free time in, for a couple months there and really just kind of decided I'm going to write a book and I'm going to write it on sports cards. So I spent about two two months writing that book. And uh, I really just wanted to share like what I've learned through my 15 plus years of collecting and a little bit of investing too, and just give some personal stories, share some tips and tricks I've learned along the way and just really just help those early collectors and investors. So, so this is what you find there. Uh, so you said two months you write the book? Two months? Yeah, so it was about two months to write the book. Okay. Crazy, yeah. <laughs> so so and what 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 can readers expect from the from the book from the book? Yeah, so uh it starts out with just a couple personal stories. Um so the, the first story that I tell is how I threw away a Giannis rookie prism back in 2016 or 17, and I have regretted that one every day since, but just some, there's a bunch of personal stories of uh, throwing cards away, just mistakes I've made along the way and just helping people not make those same mistakes. Um, they can expect us to like, it's really too, if you're just getting into sports cards, just a lot of general knowledge, just general basics, like just learning all the different terms that are in the sports card hobby. Cause I know that there's a bunch and it can be very confusing for somebody if you're just starting and you're hearing all these terms like, Oh, what's wax what is a top loader stuff like that so just kind of just give my knowledge on that just help the 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 new collector just learn stuff like that but there's honestly a chapter for everybody in that book whether you're into traveling to shows whether you're into autographs whether you're into cards or you just want to hear just a little bit about my personal story and journey in cards that's so amazing like marcus that sounds a little like your story actually because marcus started his youtube channel graded moments also like like with a similar intention right Yeah, that's true. It's it's uh, not a book because I can't I can't write. Um, <laughs> but um, yeah, it was easier to to make this video. But that's yeah, that's a bit the same um, aspect because I, uh, I I come back to the hobby and I have to learn so much in this time because it's so much changed since I'm I'm collecting stickers uh, in the nineties. Uh, so then I was starting this this YouTube channel because I learned too much and I want to share this uh, what I learned. So and that was what helping others with that. But especially a book was I, I see was missing because I think two weeks ago or four weeks ago I asked uh, the people I need a book for my vacation uh, in the hobby. Um, it was my honeymoon <laughs> traveling. Everything everyone was asking why you need a book in the honeymoon, but I need a book, and um, that was missing actually. I have to say, so I'm very uh, looking forward that now there's a book to for exactly that uh, topic. Yeah. yeah, and um, so my book's only been out for about a month now, and I've had some really great feedback so far. Um, seems like everybody has enjoyed it, and it's been a lot of there's been a very wide range of people who buy bought it. So it's been parents buying it for their kids all the way up to like full-time uh, lifelong collectors, you know, everything about the hobby. And they all, for the most part, have said that they've pulled bits and pieces that are just very interesting for them. And there's been just a lot of great feedback. So I've been super happy to see that. Of course, we have it in the show notes. We didn't find out if you can really order it uh, at Amazon to Germany as a physical book, but this we will check. But as at least as a Kindle version, you you can buy it in Germany as well. Uh, yeah. Is is there some someone because or did you learn everything by yourself by try and error? 
Or do you have also some collectors, uh, famous collectors, maybe you also learned from? In uh... Yeah, so just throughout my journey in sports cars, I've de it's definitely been a lot of trial and error just with myself and just like, just figuring out like, okay, I bought this, lost money on this, let's not do that again, and just figuring stuff like that. But there's also just along my entire journey, um, I've been following card collector too, Ryan. Uh, he owns a shop here in, uh, I think it's Ohio in the United States. So I've been following him for a long time. Um, Slab Stocks is another pay, uh, page that I follow. It's just, they've been just very helpful over the last like two plus years as I've gotten back into collecting. And then um, just other than that, it's just uh, just kind of just myself, just learning, just trial and error. Mm, nice. What what are like? Can can you give our audience like those one of two big mistakes that you want nobody to to experience? <laughs> yes, for sure. So I would say number one, never throw your cards away. <laughs> No matter what, you you may think you're never going to get back into cards. You may be embarrassed that you are collecting cards at the time of your life, but just don't throw them away. I made that mistake. I threw away a Mike Trout Tops update rookie. I've thrown away a Giannis Prism rookie, and both of those in PSA 10s are multiple thousand dollars today. So that one hurts to, to the day when I think about that. And then uh, the other piece of advice I would give is just – buy what you honestly just buy what you love and buy what you like you don't really need to uh build the most valuable collection like there's people who have hundred dollar collections that are way more meaningful than people who have million dollar collections so just like that's one of the biggest things that i always tell people okay very nice very nice so so we're over here in in germany um do you have any uh, connection or uh, to to germany to europe do you know people from over here have you have you been here I have not, but I've had a bunch of family members who have been to like the Europe and like Germany area too. Okay, so I hope we we're gonna see you one day over here. Yeah, I would love to uh, make make the trip someday. Do you guys have card shops over there, and like, do you guys have shows and stuff like that, or what's the what's the scene like? Um, the scene is of course smaller, um, but it is um, it is pretty pretty uh, interesting. So we had uh, one big card show in May, for example, in Kaiserslautern, which was in the VIP area of a soccer stadium. Mm -hmm. So, and the next card show uh, is in Munich, and it's the the NFL has some regular season games over here this year, and and one game is in Munich on Sunday, and on Saturday, a friend of ours is hosting a bit big card show um so and uh, yeah it's it's growing and growing we have uh several shops uh now one the biggest shop is called b brothers store from uh, kiki and ivan those are twins actually twins like not minnesota <laughs> twins but langenfeld twins um who who opened up that that store and it's, it's a wonderful store it's like so much detail so much memorabilia it's it's wonderful and um yeah it's it's growing and growing um But but tell us uh, how how is the scene in in Minneapolis, Minnesota? Yeah, so it's definitely growing month by month. Um, so when I was growing up, there was just like one show once a month at a little strip mall, and that's kind of like what got me started around like 2008 to 11. I think was like the first time I started going to shows with my dad, and I think my brother might have even came for a little bit, but he just never really got into cards. Um, But yes, yeah, so there was that one show and then there was a couple of shops around where I live that I would just periodically hit every probably Saturday, Sunday, just walk in, buy it, bring like $10, $15. And back then, $10, $15 got you a lot farther than it did today. So I'd walk out with a couple jersey cards, a couple autograph cards, maybe like a pack of 
Uh, what, what comes to my mind is 2011 Topps Heritage Baseball. That was like the first set that I ever built from the ground up. So I ripped boxes and packs of that and built the entire set from card one to card 660, I think there was in that set. But yeah, so that was kind of the early stages of collecting for me. And then now modern day, there's been a bunch of shops that popped up. And then the other um, thing that's kind of emerged from collecting in, in this area is called Trade Nights. So everybody will get together you'll bring your cards, you'll bring some money and like, so, uh, it's usually a card shop will host it and you'll just get to trade cards for, for a night. That's, it's been a very good experience for everybody here. Um, it's just nice. Cause like, it's not like a show where like somebody, like the person behind the table has that like perception that they're better than you per se. Mm-hmm. So it's like, everybody's on that evil uh, is, is on that even ground and evil ground. It, it's, it, yeah, it's just very, <laughs> it's, it's very fair and it's just worked out the best for everybody. So that's kind of been like, the big trend here in the last six months okay interesting nice Nice. so and uh and now nba season is is coming up uh close to starting and your team minnesota timberwolves let us know what what are your expectations yeah so season starts on uh tomorrow actually for the preseason week we're in miami for the first game of the year but um got very high expectations. I've been a uh, Timberwolves fan about as long as I can remember. And for every year I've said, this is going to be the year, but this time, and it's on record right now on this, on this podcast, but this is going to be the year. The Timberwolves <laughs> are going to make it out of the first round of the playoffs. And I have hopes for the Western conference finals. Um, okay. Definitely. I think there's a very strong young core. I think the addition of Rudy Gobert is going to just play along very well with D'Angelo Russell's play style. And he just plays better off that like traditional big man pick and roll where he can either come back and pop into a shot or pass off for the alley-oop or just an easy layup. But I think there's a lot of things to be uh, excited for here in Minnesota. Do you I, also? Oh, sorry. Sorry, go ahead, Marcus. Do you visit the games as well? So you have tickets or uh, do you have a yearly Yeah, ticket? so I'm actually a season ticket holder. So I will uh, hopefully be at all 41 home games this year. Um, hopefully won't be too sad leaving a lot of them. Hopefully, I'm hoping for a 55-win season. That's kind of like the mark I set in my head that I want them to hit. So hoping for a lot more wins than losses. <laughs> so and you, you also have been there i saw it on your instagram profile for fan day right or is it or was it like a yeah so the Timberwolves actually hosted um something called fan fest this uh past weekend and it was uh the first time they've ever done that actually so it was just like an open practice to the public so i was just getting to watch like the players run drills uh they did a little bit of 5v5 and then but it was super interesting just getting to kind of get into an nba practice and see like how much effort and how much work that actually gets put into like just an average practice that for them is just a normal day. Mm. Yeah. That, that is really something for, for our listeners like the, to go to an actual NBA game or NFL game is so far away from, mm. from oh, yeah. over here. Of course we can go to soccer games every weekend and on Tuesday and Wednesday and Thursday <laughs> and every day. But um, yeah, going to an NBA game is, is, Yeah, that is something different. Yeah, that that's the reason. I don't know if, if you recognize in the US, we had the Euro basket uh, in the last months here in Germany. That was a chance to get in contact with, uh, with uh, Luka Doncic and all these NBA stars. And I think everyone also here in Germany tried to use the chance to, to visit these games as well. Did you experience that? Or did you recognize that we had the Euro basket as well? Yeah, yeah, I, yeah I, I saw the... Uh... Was it the Euro basketball or was it a FIBA? I don't know. It was one of those two. But yeah, I definitely saw some highlights of that on Instagram and just kind of 
paid a, paid a little bit of attention to that. Definitely saw Lori Markkinen had a insanely good performance yeah. in that entire um, tournament. Yeah, and Rudy Gobert was also very good. They lost in the in the finals against uh, Spain, but but it was like the 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 biggest group of NBA players. Actually, you had Jokic, Giannis, Luca, uh, Markkinen, Gobert, Fournier, uh, uh, and then the Germans, of course, with Thais and, and all of them. So, yeah, it was it was pretty 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 interesting. And actually, like uh, Gobert, who plays for the Fra French team, um, I I read that Joel Embiid also got now the French national citizenship. So if they decide to play together, Embiid and Gobert, that would be pretty much terrible for everybody else. Yeah, that, that would be a very scary uh, back or front court. That would be very dominating on all aspects of anything in basketball. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah, congratulations that you live in the NBA city. I have to say that. that is yeah, I'm, I'm very fortunate about that. And there's been some rumors that with uh, Alex Rodriguez and Mark Lore buying the uh, Timberwolves and taking ownership in a couple of years here that they could move them. But I actually had lunch uh, with, with a bunch of other season ticket holders and Alex Rodriguez hosted it a couple of weeks ago. And he assured everybody that the team's staying in Minnesota. So we got to hope he sticks to his word. But Yeah, we're definitely very fortunate that we have a basketball team here. And this city's turned into a basketball city more than anything in the yeah, last right. two, two years. Like, I it, I would always used to view it as a baseball or a football town with the Twins and the Vikings. But I think the team that gets the most support now is easily the Timberwolves. Okay, really? Yeah. Okay. From the outside, it really looks like the Vikings are, uh, Vikings are still really very relevant, too. I think it was, huh? because the it goes a bit down. And the last years, I have the feeling. Yeah, yeah, interesting. Very, very interesting. So, and and one thing that that um, Germans always connect with Minnesota and Minneapolis is the weather, of course. Is mm -hmm. do you have as much snow as we think you have? Well, how much snow do you think we have? <laughs> like this, <laughs> a lot. We're like off. We're off the screen. Like there's there's times where where we'll have like blizzards and it snows foot like a foot foot and a half and in, in like one night and it's just unfathomable to like somebody who does not live here like if you if you have not witnessed it and like just lived it it's just insane how much snow actually comes down so okay. definitely a downside of living in minneapolis and like minnesota in general but all all the seasons are great here like just to have the change like we're just starting to get into fall now and it's just it's a beautiful beautiful time okay so, so you you're yeah like an official ambassador for Minnesota, right? Oh yeah, definitely. <laughs> That's nice. So people, everybody, get on a plane in Germany, get to Minnesota, meet Nick, buy his book, and bring your snow boots. Is that everything they need to know? Make sure you have a jacket, snow boots, and jacket, <laughs> <laughs> and good cards, of course. Is there any plans? which is Nick uh, in the next year. So I don't know, do you want to open a shop or do you have some ideas in your mind for the next years? Um, so for uh, myself personally, I'm just trying to grow my own brand of mini graphs and like my Instagram following. So the goal I set at the beginning of 2020 was to hit 10,000 fo uh, 10, followers and uh, just hit 8,500 last night. So I definitely think that that is in, in that's definitely in the reach for, 2022 still but uh looking ahead to the next year i really just want to continue my single sales on ebay instagram and whatnot and just just try to keep having that exponential growth up as i've seen in the past 18 months here 
Uh, yeah, and then it's just the, the connections I've made in the past year through sports cards have been great. So definitely just love, just keep getting those connections. And like anybody listening to this, always you always have the option just to reach out to me. I'm, I always love talking about the hobby, just given any type of feedback, just being able to help in any way I can. So that's always something fun and just rewarding for me to do too. Right. It's, I really see a lot of similarities with you, Marcus. Like really, yeah. No, you have the same intention. Why you are present in in the hobby, and it's it's always good good to hear that because like my experience is also that like people in the hobby are are very helpful, and especially like I don't know how it is over there, but over here also the older folks try to educate the youngers. Of course, there's a generation gap, and they don't collect the same stuff, but mm -hmm. um, people try to be helpful. Yeah, I would say over here too, it's pretty similar where like, we're just trying to keep the younger uh, generation, get them into cards and just keep that cycle going. Because like without them, if if it does not hit a younger generation and it dies out, like there's not going to be buyers in the future. There's not going to be that that like drive and that popularity in the future to just keep pushing sports cards forward. So definitely want to keep that, uh, just keep that flowing. And I also think um, with uh, Fanatic's accusation of tops and Panini, I think in the next decade or so here i think we're just going to see a just so much different improvement and just something that i don't even know i don't i've never even thought about that is just going to be coming out of sports card production and like the technology we're going to see in cards and stuff so i think there's a lot of a lot of bright stuff on the horizon for sports cards yeah how important is a little like we haven't talked about this before but how important is grading for you um so for myself personally i've always like i never really got into grading until about 2020 like For myself, like if I saw a graded card at a show and I saw a rock card at a show, I'd be like, oh, the rock card is $100. The graded card is $500. Why am I buying the graded card? Because for me, it was always just about owning the card. Mm -hmm. um, but as everybody knows, pandemic hit. There was not a lot of stuff to do. People got into sports cards. PSA, Beckett, SCC, they all got extremely backed up and grading kind of became the new wave. So I would say I've kind of adapted with the market and... I've gotten integrating. I grade a decent amount with PSA and SGC. Mm -hmm. uh, a lot of those are just for like quick flips where like I'll buy a card raw at a show and I'll, I'll see like, all right, if I get an SGC 9.5, this card goes from $50 to $125 and I'm spending $25 to grade it. So it's just like, I'm definitely very strategic about it where it's, uh, it's only when I know that I can make a quick profit on it. Like I don't grade a ton, but when I do, I, I just try to make the most educated decisions I can in those situations. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So in your personal collection, it could be also raw cards. So it's always strategic wise when you said you, you were starting grading your cards. Yeah. Um, let me think about that for a second. So like I always did not kind of, so I, I guess I would say I never really would recommend or like tell people to buy base prism and like there, there was that big wave of base prism like the the luka Doncic's psa 10 hit like 2200 at one point and like that was always just wrong to me like i just could not really grasp around how can a base card that there's millions of be worth this much money so and i never really graded those i definitely would say that i spent, spent a little more time on like short printed cards like just cards low, lower lower number like less than 100 like cards number two less than 100 um autograph cards and just like very rare like case hits sp stuff like that so if i see those raw at a show and they look clean i'll definitely pick those up 
And then um, one other thing that I do with PSA, so I get a lot of in-person autographs when I go to Timberwolves games. Mm -hmm. So like I'll get the cards signed by the players and then I will, if it's like a higher value card, I'll ship it off to PSA, have them authenticate the card and then grade the card too. So that's, that's another um, way that I use PSA. I'd say that's probably the most helpful way for myself to like make a little bit of money and also build my collection with, with PSA. That's where I use PSA the most. Okay. Yeah autographs i mean that is that is also nice that you have the access to to get the the autographs what what were the most recent autographs you you got um so most recently i've been going for a couple of the timberwolves players um as they've just been kind of like at uh just at practice and at the fan fest and stuff so i got rudy gobert Jaden mcdaniels and um who else like i've got i've got anthony edwards one time in like his three years so he's a very tough autograph but Uh, luckily I've gotten him once. So that was, that was a big one, but most recently those, um, if I had to say my favorite all time was last year, actually was, I got Stephen Curry on his 2009 tops rookie card. Mm. And that was just very special to me because I got it signed the same year they won the NBA championship. So that's the one card where if my place is going down in flames, there's fire. I'm grabbing that card and running. That's the one (laughs) card. That's nice. So Anthony Edwards, what what's your what's what, what do you think about his future? Yeah, I think personally, this is my opinion. Like, I I don't rec- just I, I would say be smart with your money. Don't take my like don't take my advice to where make your own smart, educated decisions. But uh, personally, I think Anthony Edwards is a future top ten NBA player. Um, I've been hearing a lot of stuff about how he's really improved over the offseason and he put a ton of work in, slimmed down, added some muscle. So I think it's definitely going to be a very interesting start to the year just to see if all that work he put in in the offseason paid off. But I think he's got potential to be one of the greatest players in the NBA and like one of the next uh, faces of the NBA once this like LeBron, Steph, KD wave kind of dies out. I think he's definitely in that next uh, conversation with Luca, John Morant, other guys like that. And he actually is a decent actor, I have to say. In the in the Adam Sandler movie, it's not it's not bad. It's re- it's pretty. It was pretty good, really. Yeah, I was that, yeah. Hustle was a was a good movie. So that was re- really fun to watch him and also uh, Wancho Hernan Gomez. Yeah. We spent a little bit of time with the Timberwolves too. So just getting to watch a little bit of a Minnesota connection in that movie this summer was fun. Yeah, he he, he won the European uh, Championship, Hernan Gomez, the Spanish, yeah. Spanish with his brother, and his brother was the MVP even from from the tournament. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he cried when his brother got the MVP trophy. So I saw that. heartbreaking. Yeah, so nice. Yeah, Anthony Edwards. I also think like this. This kid has so much talent. It's it's amazing. If he stays calm and and just just works, 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 then it's yeah. yeah you got I, a scary team over there. Yeah, I think the only thing with Ant that's just going to derail him is just like his, his off the court, just just his personality off the court, and just the way he carries himself off the court. So I think if he stays out of trouble, he's definitely I think he could be destined for greatness, but it's just, you just never know with the young guys, how, how it's going to pan out. So maybe you need to mentor him a little. Yeah, Maybe I have to. <laughs> yeah. I mean, sometimes you have to do what you got to do, you know, Yeah, I'll definitely have to. Uh, next time I see him, I'll have to give, give him a little talk and yeah. I'll tell him, come we're, here. We're, we're trying to be the greatest of all time here. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> give him the, give him the Pat Riley pep talk or the, <laughs> Yeah, that's good that you take care of the of the kids. That's I'm 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 very thankful to hear that. So, very who very will, nice. Who will be the biggest uh, competitors for the Timberwolves in the season? What do you think? Um, so I think for them, it's gonna 
uh, are you asking like who's going to be the the most uh, competitive players on the team, or who's going to be the the hardest teams to play? Hardest teams to play. So other yeah. So I definitely think uh, so. We messed up with the uh, Grizzlies in the first round of the playoffs last year. So I think that's that was just a rivalry that was just waiting to form. So that's those those games are going to be so much fun to watch. Um, also, just like as always, the Warriors. Mm-hmm. Just they're just an all time dynasty. So that's that's going to be an interesting one. Um, I would have said the Suns, but they've they've just had a lot of stuff go down in the last couple of weeks with their franchise and. So I I don't know how the Suns are going to be, but I still think the Suns have some potential to really put up a fight in, in the West. Mm-hmm. Okay. They, they looked horrible last night. I watched a preseason game against the Australian team. And they lost that game. So yeah, last time I, I, I was t- I was tuning into that for a little bit, and the the uh, the Adelaide Thirty Sixers definitely got the best of them last night. But who knows? It, it was pre it was preseason, so like it's it's always like. You're not playing your best players for most of the game, but yeah, they still did not look the greatest last night. Yeah. Great. Marcus, that was something, right? All the way to Minnesota with this podcast. Who would have thought? Who would have thought? <laughs> awesome. Thank you very much for your insights. Uh, and um, I'm very looking forward to, to read uh, your book. And um, we will also link everything to your Instagram and your book in the show notes. And yeah. yeah. Gonna yeah, tell everybody. you guys for uh, having me on. It was definitely fun just to share a little bit about myself. And uh, if I, yeah, once again, if anybody has any questions or wants any help in the hobby, uh, never hesitate to reach out. I'm, I always have my DMs open, and I will try my best to help any way I can. Thank you so much. Thanks. Have a great day over there. Bye-bye. Right, see ya. Bye bye. Thanks. Bye.